Hello and welcome to another episode of TVC Radio. I'm your host, Caleb Noll. I'm here with TVC co-founder, best friend, Mark Pasternak. Say hello, Mark. What's up? And today we have a special guest on our podcast, Heather Parody. What up? She's the of the Unconventional Leaders podcast, which studies leaders from all over the world who have built great things from the ground up. Heather, we are so happy to have you here. I'm honored. You guys seem like a really fun group, so this is just going to be an awesome conversation. That's for sure. It's going to be a fun ride. Can't wait to get started. So Heather, let's let's just hop right into it. So unconventional leaders, what makes an unconventional leader? You know, I started studying people who, like in history, like old school, like impact, made a difference and all of that. And it seemed like there was like this common theme with a lot of them where they were kind of like the outcast underdog. They were the one that everybody looked at, like they were absolutely bat crazy. Like we were just talking about before we hit record you know, doing things in an unconventional way, like, oh, you're too old for that. Or, oh, you don't have enough education for that. Or, oh, who says you, I mean, they just did it anyway. So they are these almost crazy people who just didn't listen to conventional wisdom and stepped out and did things that were outside of the box. And what ended up happening is they failed a whole lot and they messed up and they struggled, but then they made an impact and they made a difference and their work mattered. And we celebrate like that end game, but at the very beginning, it's really hard to kind of put that in perspective. Like, Hey, this may not make sense now, but you have to follow that calling on your heart and go after it because throughout history, we've seen over and over again that leaders were unconventional. Who's your favorite unconventional leader? Oh, you should have told me you were going to ask me that. That is such a hard question. <laughs> she is in the hot seat now. Dang, dang. Has anyone ever asked you that? No, and I've never even thought that. I've never, I've never even thought. Um, okay, we'll do this. One dead and one alive. Does that make it easier? <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, <laughs> so all of human history is still on the table here. <laughs> Dang, I think alive. I I know she's famous. A lot of people hate her, but I, Oprah's my boo. Like I just love Oprah. I think she just embodies strength and as a woman, and just coming from the background. And there, I think sometimes the more haters you have, you're like, you must be doing something right. Absolutely. And she has just redefined what it means to uh, be a leader. Like she went from weather girl to talk show host so like screw this i'm starting a production company to screw this i'm a spiritual leader and like she just is like define like creating her own path and i have so much respect for that especially as a creative because i i don't really refer to myself or think of myself as like an entrepreneur i think of myself as more of a creative and creative people are restless and so they're always like defining what they are you know what i mean like hmm I'm a filmmaker. Hmm, I'm an actor. You know what I mean? Like, I love that. And um, that's what Oprah does. Uh, dead? Like, oh my gosh. Uh, I know Napoleon Hill has been super influential in my life. Um, just his teachings and concepts. And he come from a lot of background. His son was born deaf. I don't know if you guys know that. Like, his ear uh, wasn't formed. And he used all of his ideas and concepts about... Um, intention and the power of our minds to help his son here again. And I just thought that was a really cool story. So Um, you hit on two, I think, great points that I want to dive into failure and overcoming adversity. Yeah. As far as like building leadership. So like, 
Failure is just a part of the process. Failure is data. It's, you know, we talk a lot in um, our groups, like we have a lot of content creators and stuff. I, that's my tribe. Those are my people. And a lot of times we want to, we, we put so much heart and stock in our work, which we should because it's our soul. But then what happens is you don't really understand your work until you deliver your work because you don't really understand what it is. And then when you deliver it and through the execution and after seeing it, you're like, oh, I thought this podcast was going to be about this. Like, oh, I thought that this was going to be about this. And then once you view it and see it and hear it, that's when you start to understand it. And so it's not, you know, we get so attached because we put our worth on it. Like, oh my God, it didn't work. Instead of understanding that process requires tweaks and pivots. Um, And so we, it's hard again, because it's our soul and our work, but Failure is data and it's required. And that's what, that's what helps you shift. Yeah. That reminds me, uh, when I was in college, I had an acting teacher had this quote and I think it fits perfectly here. It's hold on tightly, let go lightly. Mm. And I think like that, that really speaks. And at the time, you know, just for acting stuff, but just for life and business and everything in general, it's like, put your all into something, hold on to it tight. When the time comes, if you need to change, you got to let it go and be willing to do stuff to change, to adapt. So I think that's great. And uh, Oprah, what a, I think that's a solid choice. I mean, that woman's overcome so much adversity and adversity, I think, is also part of the process for success. I mean, how many times did Edison screw up the light bulb before he got it right? I mean, if he had quit after the third or fourth try, we'd all be using candles still. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I think that uh, that's good. Bringing it back to content. So you have this this company, Content Lab, that specializes in the importance of content and how to use content to grow your business. And one of your big things is being authentic and genuine. So what makes content meaningful or authentic? And, and what's the difference? And how does that make a difference? Listen, people behind a computer, behind their phone are still freaking people. And we have disassociated ourselves from that human connection because all we see are these numbers and these analytics. And I love data and I measure stuff and I try to test and pivot and see what's working and not. Absolutely. But in the same sense, we have to realize that, and this is what Pat Flynn says all the time, every number is a human being, a human freaking being. That's Heather's edit. Every number you see, like, oh, my God, only 25 people watch this thing. And I'm like, dude, if 25 people were in your living room looking at you and saying, hey, we want to hear your story, we would be honored. We would be so honored. But for some reason, we have like this hierarchy online where if it's not this certain number, we're not successful. And so what we have to do as creators and thought leaders is start really valuing and being grateful for every download, every view, every interaction, and start putting that human connection there and prioritizing it because this is it. And you guys know this, followers does not equal dollars. And a lot of the people that I work with, I will tell you, some of the most humble looking ones where you wouldn't think that they're that successful are making more money and doing more powerful work than some of the people who have all these followers. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying you have to put it in perspective that conversion and interaction is really the true metric when it comes to content and not so much the follower like and all of that. So 
really understanding that connection and um, that feedback, that communication is important in content. And if it's not facilitating that, um, it's it's probably not going to lead to your monetary success. And so we talk a lot about consistency, putting, you know, building trust, building community. It don't worry about how many people are in your community, worry about how many people are engaged. What's the percentage there? Um, and it just goes back to old school elements, you know, with anything. It's so funny. Like we, we bust our ass in so many ways, like, oh my God, I got to learn this. I got to learn that. And then when you really get back down to it, it's all just about people. Be nice. Do what you said you're going to do. Like show up. Don't be an asshole. Like, sorry, I'm probably, I don't know if I could. Oh no, you're on it. Keep okay. going. But just be a decent human and be a decent human through your work. Don't, you know, worry so much about how you're perceived. Worry about being real because people are sick of the bull crap. They're so sick of it. And I just believe in the next, you know, five years or so, it's really going to shift like what influencer means. And I mean, we already are celebrating it, but I think more and more and more, it's going to be the less polished look for the influencer. And it's going to be those who are just super raw and real. And that's going to take some courage and bravery on content creators parts. Cause we have to let go of a lot of our perfection, you know? Um, but I just think we're as he, I mean, we need that in our culture. So yeah. Relatability. I think yeah. like that, that's the, yeah, you know, I don't think anyone was prepared for the the rise of influencer culture. I feel like it just, it was like, it just, it happened. One day you woke up and there's people, look at me. All I do is travel, you know? It's like, you, all you see is the comic book panels. You have this highly curated life and you don't see what's going on in between, which is like, we all live mundane lives a good portion of the time. You know, that's this life. But when you have constructed a platform that facilitates only showcasing uh, the pretty bar parts, you know, it, it's, I, I don't think we were prepared. And I think you're absolutely right. I think like now that's been out, there is going to be this shift, this like raw, this, this real, like, guess what? My life isn't perfect because people want to, I don't want to say feel justified, but like, like, Oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. I think that's what's the digital space has done. We're more connected than ever. And I'm the, one billionth person to say this, but even though we're more connected than ever, we're more alone than ever yeah. as well. I mean, like teenage depression has like doubled or quadrupled in the last 20 years. It's, right. it's insane. And it's that's, insane. What, that's why I am passionate about content. Cause I know a lot of my family's Southern. Okay. I don't know if you picked up the accent or not. We're country folk. And so like I go back home and stuff and a uh, strong Bible belt community and they're like, Oh my God, the you know the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Like, my God, all these people on the internet, Twitter, and I'm tweeting creepy. You know, it's just but like my perspective is as a leader, as a visionary, if you feel called to do this work, if you feel called to make like cultural shifts and you care about this kind of big picture stuff, instead of going like, oh my God, it's all evil. Instead, what we need to do is go, how can we as purpose-driven leaders use these tools in productive ways because like it or not, it's here to stay. And like it or not, we're going to become more and more digital. Like it or not, the internet's not going anywhere. So what do we need to ask ourselves as filmmakers, as, you know, podcasters and so forth? How can we lead this movement in the correct way that it needs to go and make a difference that way? I think that's, that's really good. Uh, Cause take anything, 
inherently is neither good nor bad. It's it's how it's used, and exactly. I think it's perspective. And uh, I think the the fallacy that many people fall under or fall into is that you. I'm only one person. How can I, how can I make a difference? How can I shift the needle? You're like, if I poke it, it's not going to move. But if you start the conversation, if, if you're willing, as you said, to get raw, to get real, to get honest, you're promoting the same in other people. So it's like, even though you might only push the needle a little bit, if you've built up people who are also now willing to open up, be vulnerable, yeah. be genuine, then the needle is going to move and it's going to move the direction that, that we would hope or want it to. And often you don't know the fruit. You do not see. And it's so hard because we want that instant gratification of this like or this comment and all of that. But I'll I'll never forget uh, years ago before I started podcasting, I was blogging and I would just blog my little heart out like all the time and I'd post it and like nobody was reading this blog. Okay. And I was just like, one day I was like, F it, quit this blog. Nobody's reading it. I'm not making a difference. And literally it was right around that time I got an email from someone random person. And they said, Hey, Heather, I've been reading your blog since the beginning. I've printed them out and they hang in my office because it helps me to be courageous. Now I'm the worst speller in the world. I'm the worst writer in the world. I'm terrible. I shouldn't have been blogging. That's why I podcast now, but it, that I'll never forget that because again, that every number is a person. I was so fixated on, Oh my God, nobody's hearing this and I'm not getting a response without realizing that you're making more of an impact in your work than you think. Uh, it's, it's rare people reach out and say things and how it's really impacting them. And think about the people who really influence you and impact you. We were just talking about Jesse Itzler and maybe you have reached out to him, Mark, and said like, Hey dude, your work's changing my life. But maybe you haven't. And it's not because anything else you were so busy and we don't think about it. So as creators, I I just want to encourage anyone that if you feel like your work is unseen, it's not. Yeah. Drop the mic. I got, I got one. So, I mean, I run into it. I'm sure Caleb does too. Like whenever we're interviewing um, people, especially, you know, in corporations, and I'm sure you've had a similar experience where people just get nervous behind a camera. Right. And I think it's, there's a similar communication gap between there can be people who communicate really well one-on-one in person, but then they go to try to create that same type of connection online and they're just, they're lost. You know, Mm -hmm. they don't, they don't know how to translate their communication skills that are in person into that online world? Are there like, uh, you know, are there any, any tips or advice that you would give, you know, young and old, you know, I don't necessarily think it's only for the older generation that is just now getting used to social media. Uh, But I think it's, you know, kind of everybody, like how, how do you present yourself and be authentic online? For me, I, I can't, and I know this is going to make like, so many people mad and I'm not saying this is right. I'm just saying for me, um, I don't go back and rewatch and re-listen and retweak things I've already put out. Normally the process of me putting it out is the process. And then I just trust that that's what it was supposed to be, how imperfect it was. And I don't go back. Like if I do a live video, I hate Mark helped me so much. He did like a live video challenge. I don't know, however long ago. And when I saw it, he posted it. And I'm like, that's good. Good for you, Mark. Good for your people. I'm not going live every day for 30 days because I'm like, i confident, but I'm confident on a microphone when the screen's off. But I did it, you know? And what my tendency would be is to go back and rewatch those lives and critique everything and be like, oh God, you know, and whatever. 
but I've been practicing doing the, and this is just an example, but doing that live hitting posts and not worrying about it anymore. Um, just trusting that process, I think is one thing. Another thing is not overproducing everything all the time. I think that bigger pieces need to be really well thought out. Like my, my show, I, I try to put so much intention in, in putting a really well put together show, but like for social media, sometimes we want to overproduce every little thing. Like again, that, that over tweaking, that rewatching, that re going over it. And I'm not saying don't have excellence, but when we so micro that, that most people don't even care. And then again, we're polishing away some of that imperfection that actually connects us, you know? So especially on social, be a little more messy. I think, I think it encourages other people that they can be messy too. share things that you, you struggle with. I posted a few months ago that I applied somewhere to speak and I didn't get accepted. And I didn't go, Oh my God, no, they didn't accept me to speak. You know, please tell me I'm awesome. <laughs> That's not the reason I said, Hey, they didn't accept me to speak. And I want you to know this because one day when I do post that someone did accept me, I want you to know that I also had failures along the way and that it wasn't just all success. And so stuff like you don't have to be that dumb like I am, but I think small stuff like that goes a long way. Yeah. I had two thoughts on that. Uh, one, you know, we praise these people as overnight successes. You know, just think about it in, in general terms, but it's like, no, these people have been working hard for 20 years. You just finally figured out who they were. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so it's just like, uh, I got tired of listening to these podcasts where they bring on these like important people and they're like, like tell your story. And they, they would be like, oh, yeah, I struggled. Then Steven Spielberg called and now I'm blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just like, no, like I know this bit. Everyone knows this bit. I want to know when you couldn't pay rent for six months or yeah. you ate ramen noodles and, and butter for a year, yeah. you know, like, like when you live in a box for a few weeks, like that's the parts I want to hear because when people are struggling, they don't need to know how successful you are now. They need to know what you went through to get here because yeah. no one talks about the failure because failure sucks. Yeah. Let's just call it what it is. Failure sucks. No one likes it. No one enjoys it, but if you can put the right perspective on it, it's a learning tool, it's a growth, it's a way to open a new route to find where you're supposed to go. Not enough people talk about that. Amen. And that even after you succeed, after Steven Spielberg calls you, you're still a freaking human being and you're still going to be insecure and struggle with stuff. And so I would love to hear influencers talk a little bit more about like, dude, I still get nervous, dude. Um, I still failed in this area or that, you know, and I understand, you know, you don't want to be a hot mess, but I think that there's, when you speak from a place of trying to make an impact in your work and it's from life, I mean, man, think of the influence people could have doing that. Absolutely. I, uh, my sister well back and I actually keep it on my phone cause it's an amazing reread. Uh, it's an article and it's called, we need more shitty work. That's like the title of the article. And essentially the gist of the article is that like, we do. You mentioned over polishing is like we try to over polish everything because we need to be perfect all the time when the problem is we're not. And it's OK to be a work in progress. In fact, the only way to get better is to stink hey, for a while. Man. Like, you, you have to be willing to be bad to be good. And you probably have to be willing to be bad for a while. And that means, but you still have to put stuff out. You still need to create, you need to build because you don't get to the the success area until you've slogged through the I stink era. Amen. 
and even once you get to the success area, you still have to put in the work to get to the next success area, which means you're going to fail again and again and again. Always a bigger mountain. Yeah. Always. I feel like I'm at church. This is so good. <laughs> I love it. Oh, you get me fired up. I'm like, yeah, I'm in it. Oh. What inspired the original thought for the content lab? And why did you start it? Consistency. Because I, in my Facebook group, I put, what is the thing you struggle with the most? And I kept track of everybody's answer. And there was two things, fear and consistency. <laughs> and then normally uh, when I work, because I was working with a lot of content creators, just like one-on-one and I, my own frustration with how inconsistent people were. And I get it. Like, dude, I have two kids. You're probably going to hear one of them at some point. Like my husband and I, we both have businesses, lofts crazy. And honestly, this is so much more work than people ever really realize. Like, oh, you're talking a podcast. Like, isn't that cute? She plugs up her microphone and hits publish. No, <laughs> you know, I mean, with anything, it's just so much work. So I get it. But also too, it just hurts my heart so much because I think there's so many good people with powerful messages and they're not giving it because they don't have just A, some freaking discipline. B, just some super simple systems in place to, to keep them on track. And you know what this, I mean, everything we do has, you know, there's a sunrise and a sunset, you know, there, there are things you're going to quit and change. And we talked about pivoting earlier. So I'm not saying hell or high water stick with anything, no matter what, but what I am saying is show up, do something. Don't use inconsistency, laziness, uh, not being a good shepherd of your gifts as an excuse to half-ass it, you know? And so it's, it's my own passion and fire, fire, the content lab. Y'all should all join. So consistency, what, what would you say like are the major benefits of consistency? So like what, like, so for all our freelance filmmakers, they're just starting on their journey being like, all right, but like, why? Like, what does it do for me? How does it help? Like, what, what would you say the major because benefits? you're not serious. You're not serious unless you're consistent. Like, you can't tell me you're a filmmaker and show up once or twice a year making films. If you love what you do, I mean, I, you're going to get burnout. Sometimes I want to take this microphone and throw it out that window and say, F it. Like, I'm not saying you're always going to be passionate and feel awesome about it. But if you feel called to do this work, if this is something that you want to do with your life, you're going to take it seriously. And you're going to understand exactly what you said, Caleb, that it's going to suck. You're going to be a beginner. You're going to be frustrated, but it's not going to hold you back from it. And so consistency, I mean, like, it's everything. And then we're talking about that human element. If I'm Mark's friend and I'm like, what up, Mark? Let's be friends. And then I ghost him every once in a while. <laughs> you know what I we mean? We all do it. We understand that from a, like a, mm -hmm. you know, a friendship level that like real friends, I mean, you're going to be a consistent friend. It's the same thing with building again, relationships online. You're not going to be like, guys, I'm going to have like every Tuesday, I'm going to tell you, I, I work with a lot of mental health therapists, like we're going to give you 10 tips on how to cure your anxiety. And then we do that every Tuesday. And then you don't hear from me for six months. And then I come back and I'm like, Hey guys, you ready for your 10 tips on how to cure anxiety? And they're like, who the hell are you? I don't even remember who you are. I don't trust you anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, we, it's, it's a big deal. You can tell I'm passionate about it and, and we do it every day. Establishing trust. I think that's the yeah. key. 
also, yeah, uh, you can't get better unless you do it. And if consistency is like a, that is a built-in discipline to improve in, in, in anything. And you don't in know anything. if it's working or not. Like, how do you act actually, no, no, so you should quit sometimes if it's not working. I've quit things. I'm going to quit things. So I'm not saying, again, hold on no matter what, but to get an accurate measure if something's working, you have to get a baseline. You have to try different things. You have to measure. And, and, and that's only going to come through consistency. So it's a problem with, with not just content. I mean, that's just a human problem. I mean, but uh, real talk, I struggle with consistency and carbs. Shoot. I eat so many carbs and my husband's always like, girl. And I'm like, I know. So I struggle too. It's pastries though. They're so, so damn good. <laughs> pizza is my vice. I will always have pizza. Oh, it's mm. real. He's gone at a fitness conference right now. And I've been like eating graham crackers like crazy. The kids graham cracker. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, but I, I think to add on to that too, it's like, you got to keep the end in mind, you know, yeah. because you stop like you you mentioned, you know, sometimes you do have to stop and pivot, but if you know your end, your end goal, your end vision, then, then what you do to get there can look different. Yeah. Yeah. I think that goes back into the hold on tightly, like a lightly, it's the end goal. Right. But the path there is like, I've seen, we've all seen the memes and stuff of this where it's like, what you think life's going to be like, and it's like a straight line from you to your dreams. But then it's like, what's actually like, and it's like dips and and mountains and valleys and cliffs. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what it is. It's, it's not, the journey is important. Go along for the ride, but just know it's gonna it's not gonna be what you expect it to be. And I think just being okay with that. And that's why community is so important and what you guys are doing is so so important is as a creator, it can get so lonely because you're like you're putting your heart out there all the time and it's just like, what am I gonna ever win at this? You know? And so getting in a community like what you guys have is so vital because you're you get around those other people and you're like, oh, I'm not crazy. There are other people out there pushing themselves and doing this thing and failing or whatever. So I think it's key if you don't have it. I, I'm not sure you can make it. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, like loneliness, the isolation. I mean, that's when I feel like when you're alone with your thoughts like that, mm. that's when the quitting happens. And what a tragedy that is. So many people have such gifts, such talents. If they just had someone to tell them the right thing at the right time, they'd still be doing it and their gifts would be shared. But now they're doing something they hate. They're living their life at 25%. And it's sad. We all see it. You walk around and you know the people that have just let go of their dreams. And like, I am of the personal opinion that everyone's put here to do something important. Tragedy is most people don't try. And of the ones that do, many of them quit before they make it. And even more people don't believe that they can. Oh, man. I was just on the phone with my friend the other day. We were, it's one of those friends that you can like say your big dream and not feel stupid. Like I, you have, I have like one of those friends, my husband and then one of my friends where you can be like, I really, like the truth, I really want to do this. And like one day, I hope this would happen. And we were just talking yesterday about how, you know, I think we all have those ideas. And I'm not, I'm not saying like everybody has this big vision, dream, huge thing, but there's this thing that if I could admit it to myself and if I could admit it to others and if I could actually believe that I could accomplish it, you know what I mean? I would do it. But again, we, we dissonance ourselves from people who are successful in us and think that they were handed this pass that Steven Spielberg, or like you said earlier, 
just came up randomly in Walmart and was like, dude, you look like you have it together. Like, here's your golden ticket. Um, without realizing that it was someone who just had resolve, made a decision or was a little crazy and they did it, you know? I love that a little bit crazy. Life's a little bit crazy. So you got to be a little bit crazy to, to go through life. That's right. That's good. Glad you also touched upon the importance of community. I mean, like that's, it's so important. And this, that's just one of those things where so many people know it, they talk about it. I mean, how many times, Mark, have you heard the, like the, the, I don't have community thing. I've heard it a bunch, but then like, but then like no one really seeks it out or no one, uh, you know, builds it. And it's, it's like this, this problem that we're all aware of. Exactly. I've, yeah. I have a philosophy that you can only complain once. Mm. Like in our family, whether it's my girls, myself, my wife, like you can complain once, but that's it. Then you got to do something about it. And if you don't like do something that. about it, then it's on you. You know, like a lot. she keeps me in check in that way. And that's good. It's good because sometimes you don't have community and that sucks. Or sometimes you don't have the community that you had, you know, 10 years ago and that sucks. But if you don't go out and do and try to change it. Well, create one yourself, you know, usually, I mean, somebody told me once they said leadership is seeing what's missing. When you notice it, you're responsible to do something about it. Like, man, it's cold in this room. Well, go change the temperature, the thermometer. You know what I mean? Exactly. And like to all the people who think like, oh, I don't have a calling or what do I do next? Well, what what would like, what do you want right now in, in your life? You know, I, I think both Caleb and I got to the point. I know I did. I'll speak for myself. But it was just like, you know, I want community of other filmmakers and I'm not finding it yeah. in Columbus. And I've gone to this marketing event, that creative event, this and, and just I don't. It's not the community of filmmakers and videographers that I want. So mm-hmm. I called up Caleb and Eric and was like, hey, let's start this thing. Yeah, three That's guys, cool. three different cities. Why not? What's the worst <laughs> that could happen? <laughs> well, congrats to y'all for actually following through on it because an idea is one thing and then executing it's another. Yeah, I can't second what you said, Heather, about like it's not handed to you. You don't just walk into the store and like you have it all together and somebody says, oh, he's got it all together. Here you go. Like, here's your dream job. Yeah. And I always take it back to parenting. Caleb knows that and being a dad, but like, especially when I became a dad, you know, or a mom, any parents, really nobody's giving you anything. Like you want something in life, you got to go fight for it and you got to make it happen on your own because even your spouse, they can support you as much as they want. But at the end of the day, like it's on you. Your whole life is on you. To further that, since you are a dad, um, sometimes I've, I've heard and I've felt this like self-imposed guilt of like, oh, it's selfish to run after this or that and et cetera. And I, I really have shifted my mind. I think like it's selfish not to, because your children are watching you, your children, like my little girls in there. I don't care 
if they want to be a stay at home mom or a teacher one day or an entrepreneur, I don't really care. The thing is, is I want them to see an example of a woman who fought like hell to make something happen that she cared about. So they, they can have that confidence too. And same thing with your kids watching you and your wife. Um, and then too, if you think about it, even past that from like a place of influence and I believe I'm a spiritual gal, I believe in calling, I believe in purpose. I believe in impact in this world. I believe in all that stuff. And if you think about the work and how heavily you've been influenced by film and video and all this stuff and how that movie changed your life and et cetera, and think about the weight of that as a creator of like, you can create something. You have the power to create something that'll influence other people. And you know what? It may be 20 years down the road. I mean, Paula Coelho's book, The Alchemist, that took years and years to hit mainstream and stuff like that. But think about it again, going back to what Mark or Caleb, I don't remember which one you said about the vision of if it's there, it's there for a reason. God gave it to you for a reason. You have the gifts for a reason to use them. Not everybody's gifted in film. Not everybody's gifted in editing. Not everybody has these gifts. Be faithful with that. Use it and do it for other people. That's what's going to help you get through that failure and that rejection and all that, because you're doing it for those kids. You're doing it for the potential impact and culture. Exactly. An attitude of gratitude and a service mindset. Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. Gifts are meant to be shared. That's why they're gifts. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. I love that. I didn't even ask you guys if I could do this, but I was just thinking, um, I would love to give a membership away to one of your listeners. And what you would have to do is leave Mark and Caleb a review on their podcast of how awesome they are in this community Send them a screenshot, email, or over on Instagram of your review for this show because this work's important. Um, and yeah, and you guys pick one and then send it to me and you can get Content Lab. If you struggle with consistency, I'll kick your booty in a nice Southern way. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> that is amazing. Heather will knock you into shape. Yeah. You can be great. You will be great. Let Heather help you but I'll bless your heart all the way. <laughs> How can people follow you, interact with you online? Heather Parody everywhere except Snapchat because I'm too old for that and not too much on Instagram because I'm not cool enough for that. But pretty much at heatherparodyeverywhere.com at that's where I'm at. Well, I think that brings our episode to a close. Heather, thank you so much for coming on. This was an amazingly insightful conversation. I, I love this. This was so cool. What a, what a great way to start my morning. <laughs> I'm fired up today, guys. I'm fired up. Oh, yeah. I got, I'm going to get so much done today. <laughs> I'm honored. Thank you, guys. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Heather, thank you for coming on. This has been another episode of TBC Radio. I'm your host, Caleb Noel. I'm here with my best friend and co-founder, Mark Basternak. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you next time thank you for listening to this episode of tvc radio have a topic you want us to talk about interested in chatting with like-minded filmmakers join the conversation over at our free facebook group and subscribe to our instagram just search the video community we'll see you next time and remember always be creating